Now, over the last 20-odd years, he's been an inspiration. He is a world-renowned author, pastor, worship leader, songwriter, and now a guest in a South African radio studio. Louis Giglio, welcome to Radio Tiger Book 104FM. Yeah, thanks for having me today. It's a treat to be on. It's awesome to have you in studio. Now, Louis, you've been in youth ministry now for close to 20-odd years, 22 years. Where did it all start for you? What, what sparked your love for youth ministry? Well, really, we've been specifically in a zone of reaching out to 18 to 25-year-olds for so that university moment. It started off for me, just the, the Lord opened a door, honestly, for me to do a summer college internship at a church in Houston, Texas. Didn't see college on the radar. I went that one summer, and the rest was history. Did 10 years on a college campus, then Passion was born, and Passion gathers 18 to 25s, uh, university-age young people, to see them live for what matters most. And like most great stories, I didn't see it coming. God just opened a door, but that's the place you want to be, that crossroads, that university moment where a lot of decisions are made that set the course for the rest of our lives. That's where you want to be standing, pointing people to Jesus. It's a amazing movement that you've started because in 1997 the very first one close to 2000 young people showed up and then in 2000 something just miraculously happened the one day event 40 odd thousand young people coming to know the Lord I remember vividly those those videos that came out in that time with people walking down this this mountain what kind of valley with a cross planting the cross and just people pouring onto that it must do something as, as a leader at that point to say, my Lord, what have I signed up for? Yeah, well, you know, that uh, all the passion started with a vision, uh, a real vision on an airplane. I just had a picture that God gave me. It ended up being that day of one day, 40,000 some odd people on their knees, on their faces, on the ground, praying for awakening in this generation. And it was so holy, so powerful. I've never been a part of anything like it before or since. We prayed for a year. We saturated the environment. It was a holy, solemn assembly. And during one of the songs, we had a massive cross come in, like 10-footer, weighed hundreds of pounds. We set it in front of the stage, and kids started running from the back several hundred meters and just throwing themselves down and then they took it out of the ground and started passing it over their heads all over this field all spontaneous and people just and it wasn't like an, a relic you know yeah. but people just sensed the power the forgiveness the mercy of God and that day spawned a lot of the rest of passion but honestly there's never been a day before or a day since like it You've always been, I've said this, in my previous, my father's generation, there was guys, um, we would call them Billy Graham and Rana Bonka. They were the, the, the voices of a generation. In my generation, Louis Giglio um, is standing out head above water in anything that is done in the, in the spiritual realm because you found a way to really draw the young inquiring heart closer to Jesus. The 268 generation was born and birthed and it, it spread like a wildfire. For those who don't know, what is the 268 generation? Yeah, so when we started Passion, um, you couldn't Google Passion online. That was a bad idea. <laughs> it's, it's still a bad idea. And it's probably still a bad idea. So our website couldn't be passionsomething.com. Yeah. And our heartbeat was the glory of God. 
And the text that became our core was Isaiah 26, 8. The last phrase says, for your name and your renown are the desire of our souls. And that's what we are about, have been, are, and will be about. Simply, it means live for the thing that matters most. And the thing that matters most is God's glory. So we, instead of making it passion.com, uh, it was 268generation.com, Isaiah 268, living for your name and renown. That generation is who we are, still are. I think you can go to passionconferences.com now, and uh, we've uh, algorithmed ourselves up to the top of the Google search. But the 26-8 generation, the 268 generation is still the heartbeat of who we are. A lot of people have a different verse every year for their deal. We're still trying to (laughs) chew on the one we've got. I want to live not for me, but I want all of me to live for all of him. We can't talk about passion, about Louis Giglio, without talking about the music. And you've surrounded yourself with brilliant guys, uh, guys like Chris Tomlin, Matt Redman, David Crowder, uh, Christian Stanfall. There's a couple that that slipped my mind now. Chrissy Knuckles, I I remember her singing Pregnant on stage and just worshipping, tears running down her face. And it's how do you f- f- balance the act of getting such world-class musicians to buy into this dream to say, listen, it's not about you. It's not about your music. It's about God's glory, God's renown, and this is what you bring. And the evidence of that is world fame in a, mm. in a big way. How do you balance that? That's a tricky thing for all of us to balance. And I think, you know, we were all friends coming into Passion, and um, we believed in the movement together. Mm-hmm. And some people have come and gone. Uh, some of the people you just mentioned aren't really at the core of passion on a day-to-day, month-to-month, mm-hmm. year-to-year basis anymore. But it really is where the rubber meets the road, honestly, for all of us. If it's all about Jesus and it's all about His glory and His fame, then it's all about Jesus and it's all about His glory and His fame. And we pray all the time at the end of an event. I hope people don't walk away and talk about a name of a person yeah. or even about passion. We will not have succeeded unless people walk away and said, I saw Jesus like I've never seen him before. And that's really what it's all about. I'm thinking of some of the songs that have that I've come to know with a passion. But if I take you back to being in full-time ministry now in church ministry with Passion City Church in, um, and that's in Georgia, right? Yeah. Um, you've been there for 10 years and now for 22 years you've been the leader of a movement. What are some of the biggest lessons learned in that process of walking in front and leading people closer to to experiencing Jesus? Yeah, I think the big lesson in all of it is you just have to make sure it's a calling. Mm. Um, It's hard to cut the wake, and it's really hard to keep casting vision. You know, I always say vision has a short shelf life, and every Mm. parent knows that. Yes. Because they don't tell their kids something once, and then two weeks later, they go, oh, Mom, I remember what you said two weeks ago. No, you tell them every day. (laughs) <laughs> Many times a day, this is what we do in our family. This is how our family lives. This we is how our family them. acts. This is how our family talks. And that's the same in leading a church or a business or an organization or a movement. You have to cast vision every single day. Mm-hmm. And I believe to cast vision every single day, you have to be called. Sure. Moses never forgot that burning bush. Yeah. He never forgot the magnitude mm-hmm. of God's calling on his life. He didn't get it all right every mm-hmm. time, and none of us do. Yeah. But that significance of calling, mm-hmm. and I think for me, it hasn't been easy. We're doing the biggest event we've ever done in 70 days yeah. from right now yeah. in the premier football stadium in America, in our city, in Atlanta. And it is, a, it is like climbing Mount Everest with flip-flops sure. on. 
Wow. Or whatever you call them in South Africa. <laughs> we call them pluckies, but <laughs> we get the, I knew that wasn't the right it, phrase. It, but it's better it, than it, the Australian it, version. It, yes, it is. I was saying. I hope it's not that. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so, so, Louis, I, I want to play a song, and then then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about Forsaken a little bit. I I remember spending a minute with you many years ago, and, and you won't remember this. I was in a crowd with probably a couple of hundred young youth leaders up in Gallagher State in Midrand. Yeah probably 2006, if I'm not mistaken, and the fruitcakes and ice cream story mm. came out. And that, that was the drive of passion at that time. And, and I remember it so vividly that just sitting in that environment and the way that you just connected and shared your heart, you've never been one for the limelight um, to say, look at me. You've always been the one to say, listen, I've got this thing and I need to impart. And if mm. I, I cannot stay silent, I just need to give it. What has been your greatest joy in ministry? I think for me, it's just honestly knowing God. Uh, ministry is a bonus. It is a add-on bonus to having a relationship with the God of the universe. Mm. We we sort of somehow lost the the wonder of the fact that the one who created the stars yeah. knows us and invites us to walk beside Him every day. Wow. And I think for me, um, you try not to think about all the ripples and the mm-hmm. dominoes. I met a girl this morning who told me the exact phrase out of indescribable message that changed her from being an atheist sure. to someone who wanted to know God. Yeah. And now here she's serving God in full-time yeah. ministry, yeah. 13 years old, don't believe in God. One line out of one video changed her story, changed her destiny. You try not to think about that. You know, she shared that story with me, and I didn't walk out and go, man, I am a big deal. Wow. I just walked out and went, man, what kind of life are we living that we get to walk with God? Isn't it amazing? It it is an absolute privilege to be able to be in service and ministry of of our Creator, our God. And and I think sometimes we forget that He's placed such a mantle on our lives that if we take it for granted, it it could be gone in such a quick moment. But we're going to come back, and uh, this song has probably been one of the anthems of many a generation. And this is The God of the City by Chris Tomlin. Um, It's from the Passion album. It was a tough season for us, and my dad and I had some common ground in life, but none around Jesus. My dad really wasn't a follower of Jesus in the sense Mm. that I am of a daily relationship with God and pursuing knowing God. And the awkward part of it was when the day that I was going to announce to the church that I was going to say, I feel called to preach, I invited my dad to come that night, and he didn't make it. And we never talked about it after, but... Long, a few years went by, 10, 12 years went by. My dad's disabled now. I'm back in Atlanta because I'd moved to Texas preaching for my pastor, Charles Stanley, on Father's Day for the first time ever preaching at that pulpit that he preached at all the years of my life. And I'm shaking in my boots. But my dad came that morning in his wheelchair with my mom. And so over here on the side, while I'm freaking out because I'm preaching for Charles Stanley for the first time to 3,000 people, my dad is there, and I'm freaking out because my dad's over there. And I'm preaching a message very similar to Not Forsaken, to the message that's oh. in the book. And at the end of it, um, I go over, and my mom has all these people around her because she's the pillar of the church, and she hasn't been in church for years because she's taking care of my dad. People disperse. There's my dad, and I walk up, and I just I try to say, hey, thanks so much for coming, but my I have a lump in my throat. And then he reaches his hand out, and I'll never forget it. And he had these piercing eyes and this incredible smile. And he just reaches out and takes hold of my hand. And he goes, are you kidding me, Ace? Wow. He said, that was the best thing I've ever heard. Sure. 
And my dad loved vocabulary. He was a great communicator. He was a great storyteller. That's where I learned a lot of my appreciation for vocabulary and storytelling. And my dad was a no-nonsense guy, so if he didn't think it was good, he'd just tell you it wasn't good. He meant it. And so, no, he didn't see passion. It was the only time my dad ever saw me preach in a church. One time. He died about two years later. And I really didn't have much of a ministry at that time. I was just getting started. Um, But I now know every day of my life when I'm doing the thing God called me to do that my dad thinks I'm pretty good at it. That's good, Ace. And, um, you know, that's all it takes really sometimes. I know everybody doesn't get that. Everybody doesn't get a reconciliation in a moment like Mm -hmm. that. And we didn't really have a big bow. My dad died of a heart attack very suddenly. It was a Mm -hmm. crazy set of circumstances. Uh, There wasn't a really big preacher story ending Mm -hmm. to it all. In fact, it was all pretty sad and pretty tragic. Mm -hmm. But, you know, really quickly, and I know we just got one second, but my dad designed a Chick-fil-A logo in 1964. Uh, it's a, a fat, quick service restaurant all, all right. over America. So sure. any city you go to, Chick-fil-A is there. And his logo is still on every wrapper, every napkin, every cup, every store, Man. all over the place. And they sponsor events, stadiums and sporting events. Mm-hmm. Our biggest event we've ever done to date, 2013, in a football stadium. Uh, the night before was a big football game sponsored by Chick-fil-A. Wow the logo on the middle of the field. We got the stadium at midnight, put a covering on the field, built our stage in the middle, put all our stuff up. 60,000 people showed up the next day. I go to walk up on the stage, Mm -hmm. and I realize my dad's logo is going to be underneath the stage at Passion for four days while I lead the biggest event we've ever done. And it's not God saying, here's why your dad got Mm -hmm. sick, here's why you went through all the suffering, here's Mm -hmm. why you went through all the hardship. But it was God saying, hey, I've got a plan, and I'm in it all. You just keep trusting me. So I know my dad's proud of me, and I am proud of him. I'm, it's an amazing story. Louis, it's, it's a shame that we don't have enough time to continue. We have to get to news. Um, but the book, just very quickly, in the U.S., you give this book to prison, into the prison ministry. Um, if you want to tell people one reason why they should get this book, Forsaken, what will it do, and why is it so important to yeah. get behind this theology? Well, the beauty is the book is not forsaken, mm. uh, so <laughs> we're trying to get the idea mm. across that God, God isn't going to ever forsake you, no matter mm. what your earthly father's story is. You have a perfect heavenly father who is wanting to pour an ins- extraordinary father's blessing on every single step of your life. No one will be forgotten. No one will be left behind, no one abandoned, no one forsaken. Sure. It's awesome. Louis Giglia, thank you. It's a privilege. And we look forward to seeing you back in South Africa. You have an, you have an amazing heart for this country. And we look forward to just spending a little bit more time and many more years of brilliant sermons coming from, from the Giglio uh, biography and the, the pen that you write. So thank you very much for all you're doing for the ministry. Cheers, man. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure.